0: Gang. 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 I told y'all before it was supposed to the bold. Oh, no. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. Nothing. All we do is set trends so you know all you we own. Yep, I'm back know. with the remix. It's fourth and John. All birds, all Philly, midnight green Things changing for the better since we got that ring, put the league on notice, we're not done Two zero one nine, we adding another one, yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night, 8 to 10 birds of a feather, got that flight nothing but the hot takes, back with the big facts, for the fans, by the fans exactly where we at, pull up to the tailgate, stop by F1 baptized by the Pope, big bass for everyone, flying in from the west coast, even overseas, get Blessed by Ginger Jesus, we disciples of the tree. E A G, wait, C H M P S, don't stress, we on the same conquest. Dominate the division, destroy the NFC, conquer the AFC. Grab that Vince Lombardi, winch to AJ, climb it up the gut. Be Grand with the strip sack, this sound familiar, huh? I Aguilar on the slot, Sproz with the return, Mills with the pig six. Okay, wait, it gets worse. J train on the run, J E hitting from 60, but you see in that D line, that's what you don't wanna see. Herbs catching tubs, foes on another level The Superboy, the only time you see that Philly special We live from Broad Street, Brotherly loves the heartbeat Hungry dogs run faster and we don't eat cheap No one likes us and we don't care Cause we from Philly and we ain't never scared Look up But I just gotta know one thing
1: Are you ready?
0: I said, ready?"
2: Here we go! Welcome to 4th and John, episode number 87. Boys and girls, there's no need for a long-winded introduction today. We've got a lot to get into, including championship game reaction from the AFC and NFC championships. Needs of the Eagles offseason. We want to dive right into that Eagles offseason talk and potential free agents to fill those holes. But first and foremost, I want to get into probably what was the biggest headline of the week for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that was an article written by one Joe Santo Liquido of the Philly Voice. (laughs) And by now you have all read the article, possibly. By now you have all reacted to the article, possibly. So I don't want to dive headfirst into this thing or rehash out exactly what was said, but rather react to what was said in the article. First and foremost, I don't feel that this was a groundbreaking bombshell or big conspiracy theory that a lot of sports talk radio is making it out to be. In fact, a lot of what was said inside that article was duh and or hello sort of stuff. You know, stuff like, uh, you know, Zach Arts got targeted too much, that the offense ran better with Nick Foles and stats to prove that. But you don't need stats in order to look at this Philadelphia Eagles offense and understand that it ran better with Nick Foles than it did Carson Wentz. What I do feel about this article is is that it is written by, and look, I don't like to crap all over beat reporters. I don't like to talk negatively about beat reporters. And I've had conversations with everybody in this room explaining the same thing. Like, look, I don't want to see you guys arguing with, with beat reporters on the timeline. Because it's these guys' opinion, all right? And if you're arguing with them, a lot of times they take that stuff personally and they don't forget. And subsequently, you might have to work with these people in the future, so you don't want to have to ruffle a couple feathers. But being as this is the top story of the week, you obviously have to address it. I feel like this is written by an individual who had a anti-Carson Wentz agenda, which is in the minority, who talked to a couple players who didn't say some flattering things about Carson Wentz. Half a dozen players. That's six for you keeping math at home, which, again, is in the minority. And an article basically written for an audience that is anti-Carson Wentz. Again, being in the minority. Now, look, I don't want to say this article or the author who wrote it is not credible. I'm sure he had sources. I'm sure he had six guys in the locker room that were griping about Carson Wentz. However, I would challenge you to anonymously poll any NFL locker room in the NFL and tell me there are at least six players in there that think that the quarterback is a prima donna, that think he might be a bully, that think he might have a big ego problem. I would challenge you to find six people at your place of work who don't think that you have an ego or that you're a a J.O., or that have negative things to say about you. I could have 50 people, 55, 53, whatever, I could have that many people at the tailgate. And I guarantee you there's at least six people there that are just along for the ride because it's a good time to think that E-Rock's a J.O. or has an ego or is a prima donna. Guarantee it happens. Exactly. So by six players saying these things about Carson Wentz, okay, yeah, duh and or hello. That goes for any NFL locker room. And, Gail, you can kind of speak to this because you both played the game, you've covered the game. Am I I right in assessing this situation?
3: I mean, I think so. I mean, I I think there's people have to realize in every football locker room there are players that don't like other players or don't get along for a certain reason. Maybe they're taking up some playing time, but I think – you know, I don't think you're looking at the wrong way. I I, I do think that um, a lot of things that were said in that uh, article are are stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, you know, targeting. Yes. Targeting Ertz. It's not like he was targeting Ertz. It's the way that he was targeting Ertz when other people were open. Um, you know, his him him losing trust in some of his players. I don't know. Could it could it be uh, could it be Smallwood, uh, a guy who dropped the ball uh, in the Vikings game, and then. Go back to the Panthers game. Look who the guy. Look who the guy that Winston uh, throw to. He threw in a double coverage. Could it be situations like this? It could be. Uh, but also, it's kind of like the weight of who you talk to. You right. know, it could. This could be a, a practice squad player. This could be a, a jaded running back, perhaps, or a receiver uh, looking to get some uh, stats. Maybe I don't. You know, I don't think it's Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, the Josie and Anderson story broke a couple months back. Same kind of scenario, but you know, I, I just think the timing of the piece is interesting. It's the off season; they need some numbers, need some give me some give me some juicy. This is a project that's been going on for a while. They they, they wanted to. It all started because uh, they wanted to get an interesting story about how growth fit in with the offense, and they started digging and they got some all these other nuggets of people saying stuff. But I, I feel like it's a great. This is a great off season story to drop. Um, for the beginning of the offseason. It's perfect. Not for the perfect fans. Perfect
2: timing. Not for the fans. Oh, not for that. Maybe for Philly Voice. For get clicks. That, get those clicks up. Hell yeah. But listen, I, I, I've seen in my mentions, because I talked about it on Twitter, I, I tweeted a couple times about it, and I see people keep trying to give validity to this thing. Like, wait, you listen, where there's smoke there's fire? Don't discredit the report just because you don't agree with it. And it's not so much that I don't agree with it. Like, look, again, I'm sure there are six players in that locker room that, when Foles comes in, like, look, we had a brilliant, wonderful, exciting time the last five games of the season. It was awesome seeing Foles in there, beating the Rams, beating the Texans, the double doink game in Chicago, even at the end, even against the Saints. All right, that that was that was an exciting game to watch. You thought they were going to come back and do it, but let us not forget that the majority of the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles season, our asses were seated firmly on the struggle bus. And when you have a team that all their players are sitting on the struggle bus, you are going to question the guy driving the friggin' struggle bus. Aaron Rodgers right now missed the playoffs. There are players in there questioning Aaron Rodgers' leadership. Ben Roethlisberger missed the playoffs. There are players questioning, clearly it's already been out there, Ben Roethlisberger's leadership. That is going to happen. Winning heals everything. Winning makes everything seem better. Winning makes all the little blemishes and all the little scratches and all the little dings that normally happen inside of an NFL locker room that is routine for every team and universal kind of smooths over all those sharp edges. People don't see it as much. But when you're struggling, people are going to be upset. They mentioned a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. You mentioned a guy, possibly Nelson Aguilar. Prior to the show, we were talking in the conference room, and you were like, "Who's the mole? Hmm. Who's the mole?" <laughs> you don't see, you don't see Alshon tweeting about it. You Can don't see Nelly's in. been silent. Nelly's been silent. Wendell Smallwood might be the mole. Oh no! Listen, I would on why because they're not tweeting about it. I would feel weirder. I'd be even more uncomfortable with this entire situation if every player decided that they needed to go to Twitter to voice their support in Carson Wentz. You have a handful of locker room leaders like Fletcher Cox, like Lane Johnson, like Zach Ertz, Rodney McLeod did it, so on and so forth. You've got these handful of leaders vouching for Carson Wentz and dismissing the entire report. I would feel strange if everybody started doing it. Like, wouldn't that make the situation yeah. so much worse?
3: I mean, the thing I do like is, I mean, the team leaders have stepped up and spoken. Uh, they're, they're setting the tone for the, the news story, letting you know that the guys that mean something in this locker room are all standing behind Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Carson Wentz had a, had a rough offseason. You know, this is, this is not the offseason that he planned for, but this is what makes Carson Wentz become Carson Wentz. The future, Carson Wentz. This is this is he's in the thick of it. This is he's up against himself. The pressure, pressure makes players great, and sometimes it breaks players. But this is what's going to make Carson Wentz great. He's got to deal with this. This this these are off season issues, but this is what's going to make him a
2: better player. Hollywood, how do you feel about that story? Because you read it. You reacted to it. How do you feel about it?
1: So I feel like with any story, especially one that gets blown up like this and can be viewed as like uh, there's not much truth to it. Like a lot of people are coming out and saying that the whole article is false. I think that there's a small nugget of truth that is hidden within this article. And I've been looking for it. And it just – there's some things, there's some language that he uses in in this article that just – it doesn't come across as how – the Eagles teammates would talk about Carson Wentz. One line in particular: He's had his ass kissed his entire the whole life, and sometimes he acts like he's won ten Super Bowls when he hasn't played in, let alone won a playoff game yet. Like it, to me, that just doesn't sound like anything that any of these players would say about about Carson Wentz in particular on this team. However, we talked about earlier in the season, and this is you know weeks prior to this report coming out about there there was a rumor that there was a wide receiver that was getting upset that he wasn't getting enough touches, he wasn't seeing the ball enough. And we concluded that it was probably Alshon Jeffrey that was making those claims. So now that this report comes out, that kind of gives some more validity to that report that came out earlier in the year. So I think there is an underlying truth within this piece. I just think that it's been blown out of proportion.
2: I, I feel like the the wording yeah. could be a lot di- Like, if the wording was different, the article would have been received differently.
1: It, it was it was very biasly
2: written. Yeah, so so for instance, he, uh six players who wanted to remain or half a dozen players, that's a, that's the way he worded it. Uh who wanted to remain anonymous because they were facing repercussions from Wentz because Wentz yields. Because of his power, power. on the team, yeah. <laughs> Wentz yields power. What kind of Star Wars crap is this? Wentz yields he's, power.
3: He's the chosen one, man.
2: <laughs> listen, listen, Wentz is a, is the found is the cornerstone in which this franchise will be built on for the next five, six, seven years. Easily. So of course he wields he wields power. I mean, it's such a uh, I mean the Jesus
3: Jesus does walk on water, y'all. I'm just saying.
2: But but no any franchise quarterback is going to Ha, like his say is going to be yeah. of a priority. He's going
1: to have more value when talking to coaches and the GMs and stuff like that. I mean, than he's the, he's the, the franchise third wide receiver. Would. the franchise QB? Yeah.
2: And, instead of saying Carson Wentz yields power, if he said uh, Carson Wentz's input is is held at a high priority because he's the franchise quarterback, like that's worded completely different. Yeah. Like I can read that article. Front to back, right? Fine, but as soon as you start saying stuff like that, dude, I start, uh, I start skimming. I now mean, I'm paragraph skimming.
3: I mean, they described him as selfish, uncom- un- uncompromising, egotistical, one who plays favorites and doesn't like to be questioned. Who does? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, your franchise quarterback has a certain swag to him. He's got to carry himself like so. I could see him saying to a coach, "I don't know." Those are Nick Foles plays. I could see him be like, eh, you know, because he's a guy who's in the books, X's and O's. He's in there early. He He's doing the work. So I, I know he wants to have his stamp of approval on this offense. I could see him veering away, especially with uh, Filippo and Reich being uh, gone now, the guys that have, you know, really built him up. And now Gro comes in, you know, a secondary type coach uh, who doesn't have that relationship with Wentz. And Wentz is like, you know what, this is my offense. I could, I could see this, some of those things. But the selfish, uh, you know, he doesn't come across to me as a selfish. He comes across to me as a hardworking uh, young, young player.
2: And don't let headlines rule your opinion of this team or this quarterback going into this offseason. Because there have been a lot of other headlines written about other quarterbacks in the offseason. Uh, A couple people tweeted me out some fantastic examples at Recon Ring. Don't know if I'm saying it right, but I know I got the headline right. Ex-teammate, self-centered Aaron Rodgers isn't a natural-born leader. That's a real article by a real human being. (laughs) Uh, Next one. Same uh, same person tweeted me this. Tom Brady's ego and selfishness will kill Patriots' dynasty after Jimmy Garoppolo trade. I mean, where, where do Patriots right now? Super Bowl. Super Bowl.
1: Second second one <laughs> since the trade, I believe.
2: Yeah. C for Clarity, our boy C for Clarity loyal listener of the show tweeted me a couple other ones. Pete Carroll reportedly coddled Russell Wilson, dooming the dynasty chances. Like like come on, dude. Really? It's clickbait. And where they, clickbait. where where they go? playoffs. And new book says Patriots quarterback Tom Brady has had enough of Belichick. Again, wh- where where are they at? So this is not the first time that you're going to see clickbait headlines produced for an NFL team. And at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a whole lot of really anything.
1: I, f- I feel like there was a lot of, um, um it, it just didn't add up to me because I in this, in the Joe, how do you say the last name? Santa... Santa Liquido. Santa Liquido article. Santa Liquido. He says that multiple sources uh, said Wentz tended to complicate the offense and he didn't let it come organically, as Foles did. According to one source, he could complicate two plus two. Now, this seems contrary to the fact that it seems pretty simple what Carson Wentz was doing was going out there and eyeing up Zach Ertz every single play, or a majority of them. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't seem complicated to me. It seems like he's just making the wrong decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's a lot of things that just aren't adding up in this article.
3: I mean, earlier in, earlier in the season, I was kept on saying that you can never go broke taking a profit. And that, right. that's what I meant. I meant letting the Get offense come yards, to you, yeah. taking the profit yards, the five here, the, the check down plays, something that Ertz was kind of not willing—he was going for the home run. He was going for hit that seam to Ertz, chunk plays. And that, that's oh. the, one of the things I, I thought that—where er, uh, Wentz could have gotten better.
2: Do you see ESP tweeted out they, they got a new sign hanging in the Novacare complex, or rather put above the door as it exiting where the players uh, yes. go out of, yes. above, you know, uh, on, the, on the Novacare complex. And it's a Vince Lombardi quote. It's not winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. No, it's not that Vince Lombardi quote. It's rather what you see here, what you say here, what you hear here, let it stay here when you leave here. And I'm a little upset that that even needs to be put on a wall as a reminder. But for a tight-lipped organization and for such a great locker room, which was the catalyst to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 2017, the locker room chemistry, for, that, for the Super Bowl stuff to be requested to be taken down, in the beginning of the season, yeah, and now at the end of the season, replaced with a quote that basically says "keep your friggin' mouth shut," yeah, is disappointing.
3: Well, I mean, I mean, it's it's really about self awareness, and in, in, in this day and age, with a camera everywhere, uh, <laughs> as we're literally
2: looking into a camera, you
3: really have to realize if there's a beat writer next to you, if yeah. if he's taking a photo of your, you have to be self aware, and the players that are self aware and respectful of your franchise wishes. You know, those are the kind of players that you really got to, you know, like Antonio Brown. Like w- one of the big issues oh my was him recording something in the locker room that the whole coaches were like. And it's really caused like a riff. It's, it, it, you have to realize that where, where you are uh, at all times.
2: And some people might look at this article. If you're one of those Wentz haters, full supporters, Wentz haters, which I can't understand why you. I can't like both. I can't like both of them. Why not both? But some people feel the need to be, like, adamant for Foles. And we'll take what is said in this article and run with it as all the more reason why Carson should be out. You should trade Carson. Nick Foles should be the franchise quarterback moving forward. If anything, if I'm taking away anything from this article regarding the quarterbacks going into the future, at least for me, it's all the more reason why Nick Foles needs to exit one way or the other because the fact of the matter is if nick Foles is in that or nick Foles remains a philadelphia eagle again either through uh uh, you know picking up the option deciding to stay franchise tag whatever it might be carson wentz is always going to have the looking over the shoulder syndrome Mm -hmm. and always have that in the back of his mind and if it's true that this guy is complicating 2 plus 2, you can't then add a multiplier to that with the fact that i got to worry about getting hurt, not playing well, right. uh, because Nick Foles is right there. Right. I mean, if it, 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 let's say, for instance, the Eagles come out in the home opener mm-hmm. in the 2019 season, and he throws a couple picks, and the crowd's booing, <laughs> and the crowd's doing the Foles chant like what, like can you just imagine there was a um NFL films this just popped into my head there is a great moment between Dick Vermeil and a struggling Ron Jaworski and Dick Vermeil comes over to Jaworski and and whispers in his ear somebody was mic'd up you don't have to worry about me pulling you okay just keep grinding you don't have to worry about me pulling you well, that's not going to be the case if Nick Foles is still around because yeah. you've got a Super Bowl MVP, the guy who brought you your first Super Bowl championship, and a guy who brought you to the postseason last year, sitting right behind you, who, by the way, the crowd's going to be... Uh, the, what's the most popular position in Philadelphia sports history? The backup back quarterback. quarterback. It, it, it's well noted. Yep. It's well noted. All the more reason why Foles has to exit one way or the other.
3: I mean, that's why we want the Philadelphia Carsons, right? Said the, ar- said the article. I mean, but... What Said the, the T-shirt. I said the T-shirt. New T-shirt just dropped. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I really think that this coaching staff has done a great job of protecting Wentz this offseason. Or in, during the end of the season. It, it, it's a matter of protecting his psyche. I mean, he's a young quarterback. He's, he's 27. He's getting up there. But it's, it's about protecting what is to be Carson's. This position, everything they've done to get Carson, they've risked everything to get him. For a reason, because everyone, he, he's a great player, and he showed that. So now it's about letting him know that this is your team. You know, like, there was moments when uh, Montana got traded and they gave it to Steve Young. You have to let the player know that this is your team. And everybody knows that. And if, even if you take from anything in the article, you can tell from what people are saying that they know Carson Wentz is the future of this franchise.
1: Even the players have come out and said it themselves. The players that have come to Carson's defense are all not just saying that all oh, this article isn't true or what's being said, but they're also going forward and saying Carson will be the starter, start 2019. Like, they, they've already made that. And,
2: and, again, if if you read the tea leaves, and Carson Wentz is, is exactly yeah. right. Between what Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson said in their postseason press conference, uh, between what the players are saying about Carson Wentz publicly on twitter right now you read the tea leaves not really hard to le- read you don't have to do p- two plus two and complicate it carson wentz is your franchise quarterback moving forward when did we start talking about carson wentz in year three like we start like we talked about donovan, donovan McNabb in year eight nine ten ah! like when did this become a thing Surprise, surprise, because, right? because a lot of a, a lot of people like listen the later stages of Donovan McNabb's career. What, what what's the grumblings that you heard about throwing McNabb? the worm burners? Uh, it, well, inaccurate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not clutch. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that about yeah. Carson Wentz? By the way, in year yes, three, he, yes, he, they have. He, he's they, not yeah. clutch.
1: Well, what, what the article say that he's uh Mr. Third Quarter or something to that effect? He plays well yeah, in yeah, the first he, three he quarters.
3: You no, know, one of the one of the big things was. I was I believe it was Rush Limbaugh that came out with was saying that he was like a ru- running quarterback and, and his ability Arson? to no no no, no Donovan no, McNabb no. And, and it kind of changed his game in a sense where he was like I don't want to be known as a running quarterback so he kind of like forced himself to be kind of like a pocket, pocket pastor yeah. and got away from the mobility stuff but I, I think uh, that was interesting
2: not clutch you heard that about McNabb year eight nine ten yep you're hearing yep. it about Carson Wentz year three. Coming off of an injury, play only plays with a lead. Can only win if he has a lead. Same things were said about Donovan McNabb years eight, nine, and ten. We're talking about it about Carson Wentz year three, coming off of an injury and injured again. Talking about leadership. Donovan McNabb's not the locker room leader. He's the, he only gives you what you want to hear. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of to himself. Maybe even plays favorites. Remember when the locker room was divided with Drell Owens? You had factions in the locker room. You had Donovan guys <laughs> and you had To guys. Yeah. This kind of stuff happens in an NFL locker room. But my point is, why are we talking about Carson Wentz in year three? First year showed flashes. All right, they, they didn't make the playoffs, but showed those flashes that make him special. Year two, MVP caliber season prior to the injury, lighting the league on fire. Year three coming off of injury, misses the first two games and then has a fractured back or what became a stress fracture in his back, which I am convinced happened in week four and moved on moved on from there. All right. Why are we why are we putting the same adjectives to Carson Wentz this early on in his career that we did about Donovan McNabb? Later on in his career, when, when did this start to become a thing?
3: I mean, it, it's different uh, nowadays. Everyone's got to sell something, you got this, this sells stories. Yeah, uh, I really think you know, like Carson Wentz was injured. Like, if you don't, if you haven't paid enough attention, attention to Carson Wentz over the years, Carson Wentz did not look like himself. Like, we've we watched him in yeah. practice and training camp, games after games, he was not himself, mm-hmm. and I, I think. The thing with Carson Wentz is he couldn't not
1: go out there and perform. He, even though he know he was knew he was hurt, he was going to go and go out there and perform. Because going back to the pressure thing about losing his job, he's he's looking over his shoulder and he yeah. wants to be the face of the Eagles team. I just think he's also that's that's he's how a competitor. He,
3: that's how he's built. That's yeah. how his mentality. He does not want to lose and he, he he wants to go out there and and. You look at the Carolina Panthers game. That one time he tried to run over a linebacker. Yeah, that's how he's built. The Jacksonville Jaguars game, a guy coming up back from injury who tries to tackle a linebacker like he's a linebacker himself. That's how he's built. So as a young player, you just have to uh, let him not hurt himself.
2: What do you think happens with Nick Foles? Because I am so convinced about this tag. I, I I am just tag and trade. I I, I am tag and trade. neck deep in tag and trade. What, what, what do you, what, what do you feel about like the future of Foals? Because the tag and trade thing, I've been getting some pushback. Getting some pushback. Honestly, don't don't really see any other option. Personally, what do you what do you? I feel? mean, I think you're, if if he walks,
3: you you end up getting that comp pick next year. Uh, it's not the sexy idea, but like if you in other scenarios, do they want to risk that comp pick because they could lose out on that? Um, do they want to pay uh, a Nick Foles all this money and then now get stuck with them? But like I said, you know, uh, when we were talking before the show, Eagles don't do anything. They don't gamble like that. They If there's a trade and they want to do a tag and trade, you know that they have a suitor. And there's a couple suitors. And we were looking at the quarterbacks. The free agency market oh, is it's weak. Oh, it's is weak. I mean it's the top liners here are Teddy Bridgewater, Tyra Taylor, and maybe a thirty six year old Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then back after that, Brock Osweiler Robert uh, Griffin, uh, Trevor Simeon. Josh McGowan.
2: Trevor Simeon's
1: still in the league.
2: Geno Smith. Ugh. Do you see any Super Bowl MVPs on there? 2019 is not the season to go into the offseason needing a quarterback if you're an NFL team. That is a miserable situation to be in, and desperation drives up the price. Yeah. That, that That's all I'm saying. And I 100% agree with you that the Eagles aren't the type of individuals or, or the type of organization to really take gambles on such things. And chances are that if Nick Foles was to reach free agency, the Eagles— opt in, he opts out, pays him back, he pays the organization back $2 million to earn back his freedom, if he was going to go to any one of those teams, chances are those are the teams that'd be calling Howie Roseman right now, saying, all right, what are you doing? make it happen now. What, 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 what are you doing with him? What's your plans with Nick Foles? And if Howie Roseman says tag it, you know, we're going to tag him with the intention of trading him. There's going to be at least three teams that are going to be calling interested. At least I'm being generous with that number. Chances are there's going to be around six teams that are calling. Three of them are just kind of feeling the yeah. waters. Three of them are dead interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're going to get a first round pick for Nick Foles. I don't, I, I don't want to make it sound like you're going to you're going to tag him and then ask for a king ask for a king's ransom based off of you know what what, what you're what they're offering. Like, hey, it's a first-round pick for Nick or nothing. But what I do feel like is, because those teams right there all have, like, if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins, the three most likely teams to uh, to do a trade for Nick Foles, all of them have, two of them have top 10 picks. I think the Miami Dolphins have the 13th pick. So you're not getting that a top fifteen pick for Nick Foles. If you do, God bless you, more power to Take you. Take it, yeah. That is absolutely awesome. But if you can land a second, imagine going into the offseason and addressing needs with the twenty fifth overall pick and three twos. Let's say you get a third. Let's say, let's say, just to get the quarterback in the building, listen, we're that desperate for a quarterback. There's nobody else out there that we want. There's nobody in the draft that we're absolutely in love with or feel like that we can't get in the second round. Uh, we'll offer you a three for him. Okay, you're getting a three this year. That basically makes up for the Golden Tate trade. Does that not make sense? Yeah. yeah. Even if you desperation... You rolled the dice, you played the cards, and the cards only offered you a fourth-round pick. Let us not forget, boys and girls, that a third-round comp pick is not for the upcoming draft. It's for the draft afterwards. And compensation picks happen at the later round of the part of the draft. It's not like they're happening in the beginning of the first round. Am I right or am I right. wrong about that? I,
3: you also can trade those comp picks, too.
2: You, are, you, also, you also can trade those comp picks, but they happen at the later round of the draft. I'd rather take a fourth this year. Which gives me three fours, which is enough ammunition to move up into the into the third again. I'd rather take a four this year than a maybe third a possibly third hell it could even be a four we're all assuming that it's a third round comp pick. We're all assuming that
3: yeah, I think it's important for the right now for the Eagles to make this situation look like what it is to build up the market for Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Because that's where you want people to think like this is what they're gonna do when actually they know the scenario and they're hoping that someone buys into that. But thinking about Nick Foles, I think he's a perfect, opp- a perfect player to be a bridge quarterback. You look at a Alex Smith, uh, the Chiefs draft Mahomes, sit him for a year, let him learn how to be a professional. Come the next season, you let go of him. Or, I mean, you, you move, you move on, mm-hmm. and then what? What do they do with Alex Smith? They Flip them again. Flip them, so, yeah. so, I mean, having Nick Foles, a guy, if you talk about Jacksonville Jaguars, think about their locker room and the s- situations that they had with all, you know, the players, you know, fighting or like the, the background noise that you've been hearing. Who better to put into that locker room than a guy who, uh, he just has that it to him, it factor, uh, a guy that could settle your locker room to get a player like Nick Foles for like a third round, if you got an extra Shoot, one, yeah. that's that's a perfect scenario for getting a Super Bowl MVP, a guy who's a, a professional, um, and then he teaches your young quarterback that you draft in the top ten. Now you got a guy to teach him how to be a pro.
2: I mean, it's especially when you take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, Johnny Flip gets there, right? Johnny flips Johnny now. The, Flip. the, Johnny flips now. Their offensive coordinator. You saw just what happened in Minnesota when he didn't have a quarterback or a system that worked under it. He got canned before the end of the season, before they even knew if, if they would make the postseason. Right. Vikings could have went on a Super Bowl run, for all they know. They were that desperate to get rid of him because the his offense didn't fit the quarterback, didn't fit the personnel, so on and so forth, didn't fit the vision of the head coach. If I'm Johnny Flips down at Jacksonville, I'm pounding the table for a quarterback who will make my system work right now. Mm-hmm. Not later. Not develop, draft. Maybe I do draft and develop yeah, and, and
3: he, he, he develops young quarterbacks. And that's, he's shown that in the, in the past, but You have Nick Foles, a guy that you're familiar with, and you got your young talent that you can groom. That's the perfect situation for me.
2: And we have a lot of free agents walking out the door, likely. When you talk about, like, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, uh, you you know, guys, there's going to be a lot of holes to fill. Uh, Jordan Hicks, possibly. There's going to be a lot of holes to fill on this team. Not to mention the fact that Carson Wentz is, and it's going to happen, that boom contract it's coming.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, it's coming.
3: Thirty plus.
2: Thir- yeah, thirty plus. And the longer that delays, the more the price gets driven up. Especially if he has a breakout year next year, like he had during the 2017 campaign.
1: W- would it be advantageous to sign him now?
2: Possibly, but with the with uh, the, the I'm saying the number would, would be, be lower now. Number would be lower. It might. It might. We ultimately
1: expect the number to be through the roof. So if we sign him now... It might
2: might kind of suppress some of that, like, listen, you are the franchise quarterback. You don't have anything to worry about. You are a future moving forward. But also, too, that being said, it is incumbent upon this front office to surround Carson Wentz once that contract happens with young, cheap, inexpensive talent to not only replenish, quote-unquote, the farm system, to to kind of take a baseball term... Mm -hmm but to extend the championship run next year. Because I still think this is a championship yeah. football team. I
3: mean, there's a window. Yeah. That's there, the thing yeah. that you have to realize. There is a window that the Eagles have to operate in and think that, you know, if they wanted to win another ring on the quick fast, there's still pieces in place to make that happen.
2: Mm-hmm. But, you, but you have to supplement it with draft picks. And the Eagles, listen, it, it's been hit or miss with their draft picks. They've gotten a lot, some of them right, they've gotten a lot of them wrong. So the more that you have, it increases your percentage or that organization's chances of hitting. And if we walk, again, if we walk into Tennessee, into the draft, and we have the 25th and three twos, what are the needs that we're walking into this offseason with? There's There's a lot of needs that that'll help supplement that talent with top 60 talent. Right then and there, I mean, we this team is going to have a lot of needs going into this net, going into this off that needs to be addressed <laughs> before the freaking season. <laughs> Otherwise, that championship window can close just as quick as it opens. So, Gail, th- that's a great transition. That Gale, was a
1: phenomenal transition.
2: I got to pat myself on the back for that one. Gail, give me your top five needs for the Eagles offseason. Um, forward, you no know,
3: thinking about, you know, I'm you know, I'm a draft dude. I'm always talking about draft and always doing trying to do my homework. I'm gonna, like, this is a really good draft for the, for, for defensive linemen, whether it be defensive tackle, defensive end. These are, you know, defensive end. That's a, that's a, you pay a hike, you pay money for that. Uh, I, this is a perfect opportunity to get, uh, um, some defensive line talent, but, um, defensive tackle, defensive end. I'm going to go offensive tackle, um, some linemen, um, safety
2: and running back. All right, so hold on. I'm, g- I'm going to write this down. R- run through me real quick your top. Uh, I'm going to go DT. D- DT is the top need? Yeah, DT. D- D- uh, okie dokie. The end. The end. I'm going to go
3: offensive linemen, but we need We definitely offensive need to tackle. Offensive linemen, okay. Uh,
2: safeties. Safeties. And running backs. And running backs at number five. Hollywood, give it to me.
1: All right, my top two. Uh, well, I, I'm going to go with, uh, actually, I'm going to go offensive tackle, numero uno. I'm going to go cornerback, number two, after uh, how thinned out we were during the season because of injuries and Sidney Jones not panning out the way we thought we would, uh, he would. Alrighty. I'm going to go offensive guard, number three. I'm going to go running back, and then I'm going to go edge rusher.
2: Defensive end. I, I'll give you mine, because uh, to me, running back has to become a priority for this team. They've ignored it in the draft. They've missed in the draft. And if you take a look at their championship run in 2017, granted, albeit running back by committee. You had Jay Ajayi, you had LeGarrette Blunt, you had Corey Clement, you had a little uh, Wendell Smallwood, and the old seasoning of Sproles, as we like to say it here on the 4th and John podcast. That is a stable of running backs who get the job done. And the Eagles were ranked close to tops in the league as far as rushing offense. That chews up time of possession. That takes pressure off of your quarterback. That All that can lead to is good things, especially if you have a three-down back. I miss the days when LaShawn McCoy was in there for first down, second down, third mm-hmm. down, and only had to be replaced because he needed a rest. And that's when you saw the other running backs, K. Barner, Smallwood, whoever it might be, Come in and kind of give that guy a little bit of a spell. I miss the days of a Brian Westbrook who stayed on first down and second down and third down, and who could be trusted on all those downs, regardless of distance, because they pass protected well. You, you, you take now, granted, the New England Patriots aren't doing it with a bell cow running back, nor nor have they really ever done it with a bell cow running back.
3: Well, I mean, they did draft um, Sony Michelle.
2: Sony Michelle, okay, which yeah, which
3: is a a guy that I wanted—they yeah. they drafted him right before us last year. But
2: the Patriots historically, they've also won games with you know White, yeah, at, at, at James running White. Ba- yeah. yeah, James White. So you take a look at like Todd Gurley. You take a look at the running back situation in New Orleans. Uh, successful teams will have that either one or two, one or or a pair of running backs that make a difference. That that's important to me. So to me, running back above every anything else. And I doubt they'll draft it in the first round. I doubt they really go out there in free agency and spend money on a running back, uh, because that's just not the way you do it.
3: Yeah, I, I think they'll get a guy that a, a guy that they could lean on um, in free agency. But this this draft in the second round, there's this is where you can hit on some players. It's it's been a decade since the Eagles have really spent draft capital on a running back, and that was the last time it was Lashawn McCoy in the second round. Oh, it's
2: been that long,
3: a decade, bro.
2: Since they since they really spent a lot of time on the running back position. That's interesting. Uh, My next one is defensive end, because I do believe that Brandon Graham at the end of the year or in free agency walks. I mean, teams are going to overpay for edge rushers. There's a lot of them. There's a a list of them. Yeah. And and we'll go over briefly the list. But there's a list of edge rushers that are going to be available there in the free agent market. And out of all of them, Brandon Graham might be the most cost-effective for a team. Yeah. But, again, I need to see Derek Barnett step up. I need to see him be more than just a rotational guy because I was told that Derek Barnett was going to be a beast. He didn't really have an opportunity this year, though. He didn't really with injury. have. With, with with the injury. He but could I, have been
3: playing injured, too, as well.
2: I need I need him to step up. You can't go into the season with Michael Bennett being your number 1 pass rusher with one year left on his deal. You, you just that that's not replenishing the farm system. Agreed. And Jim Schwartz's defense relies on a rotation of defensive ends. Not only do you need to have a healthy, fresh, young rotation of defensive ends, but you need to solidify, okay, let's say Michael Bennett walks next offseason. Who are you starting defensive end? Right, you need a guy behind. We're hoping Barnett's going to be one of them. We're hoping so running back, defensive end, uh, offensive lineman, look, I don't know what happens with Jason Peters. They might move on. They might bring him back. If you bring him back, though, it has to be with the asterisk that, listen, we know this guy's going to miss time within games, mm-hmm. let alone long-term time, which he has a history of doing, being at that advanced age, at that position. I mean, the, uh, the guy's going to be going into his 16th year yeah. in the NFL. That's, that is unheard of. For an offensive tackle, they don't—they're not sure what they got in Mulata. Maybe he can step up. Maybe Vitai can be like a stopgap in between. But they do need to address that for the long term. Also, linebacker—I know—I I don't think either one of you really mentioned linebacker. Depends on what happens with Hicks. It'd be nice to have an impact player at linebacker, yeah. a young impact player. I think they can do better than Camus who's a serviceable linebacker, really the only one that I would pencil in there as a starter? Nigel. Nigel.
3: Yeah, I know they, they, they talked about um, the guy who runs the senior bowl was talking about this year is a great year to get a linebacker in the in day three. There's a lot of the linebackers that you can get in the fourth and sixth rounds, so I think that's where the Eagles should target a yeah. linebacker.
2: And, and lastly, I would say safety. I'm not sure. McLeod's coming off of injury, is getting due to be paid a boatload of money. Well, way more money than the production is worth. Yeah, at, at the safety position. Not to mention the Malcolm Jenkins. Look, what is it? What is it? Ten years in the league now.
3: Yeah, eleven, eleven, three, and uh, Rodney McLeod, nine point nine mil. That's a lot of money. That's a at lot safety. of money.
2: That's a lot of money at safety. That's
3: why I went on the safety last year. There's a couple of players that could have been groomed. I mean, you're, you're looking at you know the Eagles lost a safe uh, McCloud in yeah. It's kind of messed up the whole defense. I mean, it's definitely a, a, a
1: super need. So, do you think this is the off season where Rasul or Jalen Mills gets moved to safety?
2: I don't. I don't see why they why they don't. And and Ev, I'll just I'll disagree with the cornerback thing mm-hmm. because I do think they make Darby a priority to sign. Like if they, like if anybody is coming back and they're going to give money to, if I was if I was betting, I would say it's Darby because you would have Jalen Mills, Darby starting on the outside. They 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 hit on Avante. Let's uh, let's, yeah. let's face yeah. it. What, what was Avante? Yeah. A fourth round pick. Fourth round. They got value out of that pick. And They got then,
1: depth in LeBlanc, honestly. And,
2: then, and now you've got depth in LeBlanc, who could, at the very le- at the very best, be start, be uh, competing for the starting nickel corner position spot. I feel like one way or another, they have to start teaching one of these younger guys. I didn't even mention Sidney Jones, by the yeah. way. Yeah. They have to start uh, <laughs> teaching one of these younger guys how to play safety. Yeah.
3: I don't. But to go back to your uh, Darby thing, I'm not sure if you know a, a corner on an ACL. If I'm paying money for that, with all the guys they have on the roster, I don't agree. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, 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 but they could they could get a discount though.
2: They could they, they could get a discount. Absolutely, being that he's you know he's coming off of injury. But let's say you don't sign you don't sign Darby. Who who are your starting outsides? Jalen uh, and
3: Jalen Mills, maybe Vontae Maddox, maybe. Um, uh, Sydney Jones. There's a lot. May, there's a lot of Ross, L- at,
2: Douglas. There's a lot of maybes. There.
3: I mean, but I'm giving them a shot though. There's
2: a lot of maybes at the. I'm at giving them a shot I, though. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a lot of gray area there. There's a lot of gray area, but but I feel like okay, Sydney Jones, let's. Uh, Let's Ben Simmons this thing and say that lat- this year was your r- rookie year. Because yeah. you played some absolutely meaningless So snaps. we're giving him a mulligan? Yeah, we're giving him kind well, of
3: it, a mulligan. Now this is like, what, two years after the yeah, injury? Yeah, you have to start. So this these. is where, you know, you had an
1: Achilles injury. Yeah. Not, uh, Speaking uh, of, how, how confident are you in, in Brooks coming back? That was part of my offensive guard That was thing. the most,
2: de- in uh, excellent yeah. point. That is the most devastating injury probably out of...
1: For a big dude too.
3: That's
2: for 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 a big dude. Hard to when you take a when you take a look at all the injuries that the Eagles have sustained this season, excluding Carson Wentz, um, that that Brooks one broke my heart. Yeah, because Achilles, like, dude, we are not seeing him for week one. No. We're not seeing him. That's a devastating injury, yeah, that, especially that, for a big dude that for like For a pro, for an all pro. Yeah. yeah. For, for a pro bowl. Speaking of all pros and
3: pro bowlers, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey talked about the retirement thing. Yeah. He like danced around it. I mean, so I yeah. I, I do think he's coming back, but yeah. it it does make you think about the depth that we have on the offensive line all the way across. Yeah.
2: So for the second week in a row, I've listed out all the potential free agents that could fill all these holes. And for the second week in a row, as I peek over at the clock, we're running out of time. So with the remaining time that we have here in studio, I would like to get your reactions to one of the best championship weekends that I can ever remember watching. Mm. I mean, an absolute build, advertised, it was amazing championship weekend to watch. Gail, what was your reaction to the teams moving on in the Super Bowl and the games before that? I
3: mean, yeah, two two overtime uh, games championship games I mean really I mean there was there was drama there was the refs blowing calls that we predicted at the beginning of the season it, we, we said that you know refs could determine who goes to Super Bowl on, on a big play and, and it, we got to see the revenge uh, of uh, you know the 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 Saints players taunting us oh, and then we so get sweet. to see them get booted but also uh, you know you know we got we got Brady versus Mahomes, the old versus the new. We, we yeah. got to, we got to see Uncle Andy almost make it in. There was a lot of storylines in it, but the the one storyline that stuck to me is that Eagles could have did the damn thing. Mm-hmm. They uh, just are you Alvin Kamara? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just saying right I'm I'm you, saying are you wood-ing I'm right not now? not ing I'm just saying that. Are you are you get throwing the wood at me? I'm just saying that watching these games, I thought the Eagles would have had a chance against these these teams. Did,
2: did you ah. see, did you <laughs> Did you see the article where um what was it or the or the tweet rat, rather um that the Saints season ticket holders are filing a lawsuit Oh, it was
1: phenomenal.
2: Oh, dude. The
1: level of butter. I thought
2: uh, I thought it, that it, the minister drinking the tears, man. <laughs> yeah. And they they uh
3: Saints fans are making voodoo dolls out there. Uh, uh one of my coworkers uh, has a friend of a Saints fan that they the, the the company that makes voodoo dolls is can't make them fast enough because they're selling out,
2: dude. Saints, they're bringing Saints ref, are weird. ref, voodoo
3: dolls. Ref, voodoo dolls.
2: I, I, I absolutely love the fact that the that the New Orleans Saints fans and players alike are, and owner, even the owner and the head coach, going out there speaking about how we how they got screwed, how they got you jobbed. Stay. We would have won. We would have won. We would have won. And you know, j- just because that guy. It was a blatant penalty. All right. It was. Can, can we all agree in the room that no, it was that 100% it, that, a penalty? That it was an egregious penalty. It could have been called one of three things. Hit the
3: helmet to helmet. Pass
2: interference, hitting a defenseless receiver, or helmet the helmet. Somebody was recording a video about 20 rows up in the Superdome, and the sound of that hit resonated up there. It yeah. was loud. And they didn't call it. You even... What makes me suspect, look, I don't believe that any games are fixed or the refs have their hands in any game. I refuse to believe it because although I am a NFL Illuminati believer, Illuminati! the games are not fixed. I I do not believe that. But when that play happened, it was right in front of the ref. It's not like he had an obstructive view. And in fact, one of the other refs came running down the sidelines, like, do we call the flag? Do we call it? Do we call it? And the guy vehemently Waved him off like no 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 no, don't call it.
3: I got two million on this game. <laughs> bruh.
2: Two million. And th- and then you look at the other the flip side of thing that Tom Brady roughing the passer yeah. call. Come yeah. on, bro. Come. Gets on, It's karate
1: son. chopped in the shoulder.
2: I mean, they,
3: they, they I think moving forward, they they do have to look at penalties. Does someone has to be the judge, jury, executioner. That's not on the field. An NFL ref. That's. Sitting home in New, in, York, booth, sit, think? in New York City, in New York City, saying "Bruh, throw the flag." Yeah. it's a flag.
2: The the NFL altogether has to figure out what to do with the penalty situation. And by what it, what I mean by figure it out is not add more rules or add more opportunities to take away from the game and give the referees more face time. What I mean by that is no, not more flags because you saw an incredible championship weekend that if you were a football fan, just straight-up football fan, it was seven hours of just pure bliss watching, watching those four teams go at it. But at the end of the day, like... You predicted in the beginning of the season, as many NFL fans worried at the beginning of the season, the outcome arguably could have been dictated by refereeing and penalties and stuff like that. You're taking a—you couldn't have put together two better games for the NFC and AFC championship game. Yet it is all tainted by your referees who are trying to enforce the rules that you put into place the the game and, and and this is the first year that gambling is illegal.
3: legal.
1: That, that was my thought. So, okay. This is the first year right, gambling. Maybe, you is you legal. Know, there might, know, might be a little it. truth the Illuminati. You know, <laughs> uh,
2: maybe, maybe little... I might have to look into this. That ref <laughs> was
1: bird boxing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, he yeah, was bird boxing because you could have you could have What? What penalty? What penalty? I didn't see any no stinking penalty. But well, listen, New Orleans Saints fans, take it like a man. We had to sit here and take it like champs when you were dreams and nightmares in the locker room and wearing the ski mask. Ah. Try, try to man up, dude. Try to man up and realize that, or, or congratulations on being back-to-back wooden yeah. champions. Let me leave it like that. Go cheer yourself.
1: E-A-G-L-E-S,
4: Eagles.
0: Eagles football. We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f- is a John anyway? No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, Your hair is uneven. You look dusty. Next question. Appreciate y'all putting words in my mouth. You stink. Can somebody please tell me what the f- is going on? But they are who we thought they were. The hair is uneven. You look dusty.
4: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then...